The Wine Taste Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to the new episode of the Wine Taste Podcast. This is Antonello Biancalana talking about wine as usual and after having talked about the wine awarded to be the best for May 2014 we are going to talk about wine grapes again and in particular we are going to talk one of the most popular red buried grapes that we have in Italy and this grape is one of the most cultivated ones in our country in a pretty head-to-head race for the most cultivated grape in Italy and the other one is Sangiovese and the grape that we are talking about is Barbera. Barbera is a particular grape and uh, particularly associated to Piedmont, which is also associated to Nebbiolo grape, of course, and other uh, magnificent wines. However, Barbera is the most cultivated grape, red berry grape in uh, Piedmont and also uh, of Italy. It should be said that Barbera is also found in other regions of Italy, including Lombardy and Emilia-Romagna, and these are the regions in which Barbera is mainly cultivated and vinified alone in making wine. So in these regions we are having lots of wines, having 100% Barbera, or at least more or less 100% Barberas, and the Barbera is also found in other Italian regions, although marginally and usually blended to other grapes. Talking about Barbera is, in many regards, about talking the tale of Cinderella, with humble origins, it became one of the leading grapes in Italy and most successful ones. This is because of the great efforts that winemakers on Piedmont in particular put on the cultivation of this grape and, and, and of course in the winemaking. And today, Barbera is one of the leading grapes making among the best wines that we have in Italy. The history of Barbera is not an easy one to tell because its origins are quite uncertain and not so much is known about Barbera. The only thing that we are reasonably certain of is that Barbera is a very ancient variety and uh, most of the researchers wanted Barbera originates from Piedmont and in particular to the Asti area and many of them support the idea that Barbera originates in the area of Nizza Monferrate and both Asti and Nizza Monferrate are today the most representative area for the making of Barbera wines. Barbera, or at least what we believe to be Barbera, has been mentioned in the Middle Age times and uh, it probably Pierre de Crescenzi, which is very famous for his book about agriculture of that time, mentioning a grape called Grisa, and it uh, translates into Italian more or less into grey, having a grey colour, 
and uh, although the name is not Barbera, most of the researchers believe that Grisa is in fact Barbera, and he was talking about this variety, Grisa, to be common in the territory of Asti, making notable wines. The name Barbera, so the first time that Barbera was mentioned in a document with this name, it is at the end of the 18th centuries, and the grape is spread all over Piedmont, and like I said, it is also found in Lombardy and in Emilia-Romagna, and notably in Lombardy it is quite common in the Ultra Pavese area, and also in Emilia is sometimes used for making wines from this grape, also blended to other variety. I said that the origin of the grape is probably the Asti area, which is also famous for the sparkling wine named after the area and the city Asti. And of course, uh, the Asti is not made from Barbera wine. Asti is made of Muscat Blanc, and it is absolutely a different wine. However, as for the name, it uh, seems that the Barbera comes from a term of the Middle Age, uh, barbaras, meaning something aggressive, errant, and this is probably something that can be related to Barbera as the wines have a pretty harsh character, aggressive, notably for the acidity, which is something typical for Barbera and its wines. So Barbera is known for making rustic wines, and this is something that was not appreciated in the table of the noble class, but however, it was very common in the table of the common people, and quickly becoming a very popular wine. However, Barbera also lived a huge success, also been exported out Europe and in the Latin America. However, it should be said that at the beginning of the 20th century, Barbera declined and became a very popular and rustic wines. We should wait for uh, 1960s when Arturo Bersane uh, relaunched the grape and uh, more particularly in the 1980s when probably the most influential and important figure of the Barbera, Giacomo Bologna, which is a very well-known name in the Italian scenery, uh, who also established a winery mainly involved with the production of Barbera and today run by his sons, who relaunched and associated Barbera to the concept of quality wine making. He was probably the first one to understand that the acidity of Barbera could be tainted by the roundness provided by the wood, and in fact, he vinified Barbera by using wood barrels and barrique, and the result was a striking success. Giacomo Bologna set a new path for for Barbera, and uh, even today, he is considered a sort of father of modern Barbera. What we find in a glass when we taste Barbera. First of all, we should say that Barbera has not a lot of coloring substances, so its wines uh, tends to have a brilliant ruby red color, but having a moderate transparency. But sometimes there's also seen a low transparencies, but it should be said that 
not all the wines labeled as Barbera are 100% Barbera, and this is also something because of the Italian wine laws permitting the use up to 15% of other varieties. So, indeed, when we find in a label Barbera claiming that wine is probably made from 100% Barbera, it may con contains up to 15% of other red grapes and mainly this Nebbiolo or however other red berry grapes. The color is not so deep and the transparency is moderate, however Barbera has a very good characteristics and the most notable ones are of course its aromas because it is very generous in aromas, giving to the nose pleasing aromas of cherry and cherry is probably the main identifying character of Barbera, as well as plum and raspberry. Also, as for flower, we can of course mention violet and cyclamen, but we also have other fruits including blackberry, blueberry. However, Barbera, also because for giving a wine a better balance, it is usually vinified in cask or in barrique, and this also giving tertiary aromas to the wine, including vanilla and chocolate and also balsamic herbs, including uh, cinnamon sometimes and chocolate, of course. As for the taste, I already said that the most notable characteristic of Barbera is acidity, so the wines always have a, a notable and a very, very pleasing crispness and this making this wine absolutely very drinkable and as for the alcohol Barbera is known to make uh, wines with a pretty high alcohol by volume and this is something useful for balancing acidity also including the use of barrel and casks uh, giving roundness to the wine and of course adding tannins and astringency to the wine I already said that the Barbera does not have a good content in coloring substances and this is also true for tannins and in this regard aging Barbera in a wood and in cask and in the barrique gives a wine a better contribution of tannins and a balanced astringency. Wines of, made of Barbera when swallowed will also give to the mouth pleasing aroma of cherries and also plum and raspberry in particular, but the most notable thing that it is acidity, something that remains in the mouth even after you swallow the wine. However, acidity is something very characteristic to Barbera, and this is what the Barbera lovers wants to have from this kind of wines. Acidity and tannins of woods and also alcohol give Barbera wines a very, very good chances for long aging in battle and in fact, Barbera wines, when made with this particular goal and purpose in mind, usually make wine that lasts very long in the battle, also for many years, and in the course of this time, they are capable of getting better, improving taste and also the aromas and getting a more balanced character 
because that the acidity is smoothed down and, and uh, the wine becomes rounder and more balanced. However, also in the youth, that Barbera give up probably one of the best drinkable red wines that you can have, at, in particular at the table, also because they are very versatile for the pairing to food, and in this sense, they really make a very good companion of food. Okay, time is up, and uh, this also means that this episode has got to the end, and thank you so much for joining us and for listening to our podcast. And as usual, let me end this episode with my usual wish to have a good wine in moderation, provided it's always a good wine. I hope you will join us to the next episode of The Wine Taste. This is Antonello Biancalana, and thank you for listening to our podcast. The Wine Taste Podcast.